You're listening to Youth Ministry Maverick, a podcast about mold-breaking methods to invest in the next generation of the church. Here's your host, Jeff Harding. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff. Welcome back to Youth Ministry Maverick. You're listening to Episode 8, A Chord of Three Strands. That familiar passage from Ecclesiastes, talking about the value of relationship, partnership, and community, is something that we will be talking about on today's episode. Uh, For several years, my youth ministry has been partnered with several others locally. Uh, I've known these guys through different lunches and events. I used to work with some of them and Uh, Over the years, we figured out that we would be better together, both personally and professionally, and for our students to be able to see what it's like to unite as the body of Christ. So networking and ministry collaboration is the name of the game for today's episode. Uh, I am joined by several of my friends, uh, not all of them, unfortunately, but several of them. Uh, returning from episode two is my former boss, Mike Hines from Fellowship Dallas. Uh, we also have Joel Mancini from Northwest Bible Church and Taylor Lowry, who is the newly hired high school pastor at Fellowship. So let's hop on into the discussion. Fellas, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Uh, for those who don't know you, uh, could you give us a quick overview of who you are and what you're up to these days? Hey, everybody. My name's Taylor Lowry. I'm the high school pastor over at Fellowship Dallas. And what I'm, what am I up to these days? Just kind of going back into the office first. We uh, are finally going back. And so I'm happy to be back at church, happy to begin to plan some summer youth activities. Awesome. Awesome. Joel, how about you, man? Yeah, hey guys, my name is Joel Mancini, and I am the middle school minister at Northwest Bible Church here in Dallas, and um, similar similar story, office is opening back up, we're getting ready to get back to church in July, and uh, definitely excited to be here, um, and uh, yeah, these are some of my favorite guys ever, so bless the Lord. Cool, 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 and we have a repeat guest, uh, Mike, how about you? Yeah. Hey guys, uh, Jeff, thanks for having me back, man. I work with the junior high and with Taylor over at uh, Fellowship Dallas. And man, it's just been a Zoom fest. I mean, just it's still a lot of Zoom meetings. And even as recent as last night, we had our uh, junior high on Zoom again. But uh, yep, back in the office, I was there three days this week. I'm going up this afternoon trying to get back on track, man. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Mike joined me on episode two when we were talking about how to do pandemic ministry back in when all this started. (laughs) Um, But uh, as I mentioned, listeners in the intro, we will be talking about networking and ministry collaboration on today's episode. And I wanted to invite these guys on with me. Uh, There is one guy missing, uh, Cameron Sparks, the youth pastor over at Dallas Bible Church, could not make it today. Uh, but he is included in our partnership. And I wanted to start off uh, by talking about how this partnership began. Uh, Mike, I think it was back in 2013. Uh, So it was Fellowship Dallas, my church, Trinity Fellowship, and Dallas Bible Church at the time. 
youth pastor was a guy named Seth Muse. Uh, you might recognize that name. He's a big guy in church communications these days. Uh, but Seth and I both used to work with Mike at Fellowship. And so now that we each had our own youth ministries, uh, we thought, hey, how about we do something all together? And my church had a lot of lawn space. And so we decided to bring our youth ministries together at the end of July uh, for a big youth Olympic Games. And so we simply just called it the big games. And we had about 100 students show up and probably 30 leaders or so. Um, And it was a big success, especially because my church won, of course. Uh, And the prize that we have for the big games is the Flaming Baby Trophy. Uh, It's a big trophy with columns that have fire emblems on them and a big golden baby holding a blanket on top uh, because, you know, youth ministry. So uh, that was the prize. And uh, we did a, a, a debriefing after that and thought, you know, this was awesome. What if we did other stuff aside from just recreation? And so uh, since then, uh, it's now 2020. And so for the last seven years, we've been doing at least one and even up to three events altogether uh, per year. And uh, there was an, another church that was involved for several years in the beginning, uh, Community Bible Chapel. Uh, which is actually our sister church, Trinity Fellowships. And so we had four churches at the beginning. uh, And then ever since then, we've had at least three and usually four churches involved. We've done a retreat together. We've done mission trips together. We've done service projects and worship together. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, Mike, anything that you would add to what was happening at the beginning and kind of what went into us starting this whole partnership? Yeah, man. No, I think um, the uh, the way we started in terms of wanting to connect and bring our groups together, so that so that we could allow our youth groups to see other Christian teenagers outside of their own youth group, uh, was one of our values and priorities. Um, and Jeff, if I'm not mistaken, at that first at that first big games we played, uh, I think it was Seth who initiated that game of either it was blitz ball or kamikaze ball, dressed our students up in cardboard boxes with bike helmets, of course, for safety. And then Mm -hmm. we threw a ball up in the air as high as it would go. And they would have to run from the four corners to the middle to get the ball first to get the ball. And basically we're smashing into each other. If I'm not mistaken, there were no concussions or broken bones for that particular no there, there weren't uh yeah that that game was called asteroids and it oh, was okay. a huge success and a big hit uh literally no um yeah and uh we did that for the first two years and then because i think of some parent feedback we we stopped doing it but uh yeah we had bike helmets and sometimes even football helmets and it was really funny and made for great video um, yeah, that was, that was really, that was really fun. Uh, so yeah, that, that's kind of how everything started. Um, and so now it's in 2020, um, and, uh, we have, uh, the, our, our churches and, uh, Joel is the newest member and Northwest Bible, their middle school. And, um, uh, so Taylor and Joel, I want to loop you in. Uh, so this past school year, when you joined, uh, Joel, you were invited by Cameron cause you, you knew him as a friend. Um, and Taylor, you had just gotten hired at fellowship as the high school pastor. 
And so uh, how did each of you feel coming into this and had you seen or experienced anything like it in the past, either as a student yourself or a leader? Uh, Joel, let's start with you, man. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I've shared this story with with any of you guys, but um, I was challenged um, by my supervisor to actually seek something out like this, a community of student and youth pastors in the area to um, just collaborate with, bounce ideas off of, and um, just be in a relationship uh, together. And uh, and actually, it was about that time that that this whole thing kicked off. And so, not only was um, is, is it something that I currently enjoy and that I've been enjoying, but um, it is it really is some answered prayer for me um, uh, because it's easy, so easy to feel like you're in it alone and feel like no one really knows what you're going through when you're working with middle school students, especially Mike. Mike, we, we're like brothers, we're like brothers in battle, man. We, we know what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, I, I think, um, you know, I, I've, when I was part-time staff at a, at a different church here in Dallas, um, you know, that there was a sense of legacy with that, with the staff members and, and even at other churches as, as they disperse and go out. And I think that's always valuable. So this is, I see that I see this as, as something like that as a legacy of different youth pastors uh, who, no matter where they go, will can always have each other's backs and um, and be there for each other. So uh, it's been it's been huge. Awesome! I love that word legacy. That's that's great, man. That's great, Taylor. How about you, bro? Uh, anything that you've experienced like it in the past, and how did you feel coming into this partnership and seeing it for yourself? Yeah, man, it's been really, really cool. Um, I, like you said, I got hired on in January. And so we were doing one of our big events, Winter Chill Mm -hmm. in February. Um, And so I kind of jumped right into the, to the weeds of all the the logistical stuff of Winter Chill. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have a ton of chance to, to get to, you know, plan big scale things. It was like, Hey, we're doing this. So I'm hopping in. Um, But no, it was really cool. I had gotten hired on and I thought it was really cool. Not only did I get to work alongside Mike, um, but th- there was this whole other, uh, kind of fellowship of guys that we were going to do ministry with together. Um, and I was really excited about it and being able to, to see how we pull off an event together, uh, was, was awesome. Um, and then, yeah, I had done a, something like it, um, at my last church, I was in a multi-site church. And so every, each one of our campuses had a different student pastor. And so it was similar in the sense that when we did big events, we would all come together and pull our resources and, and put on an event together. Um, but I really like the way that, that we're all doing it because we're, we're not part of the same church. And so, you know, we don't, it's almost a gift because we don't have to be together, but we get to be together. We choose to, to do ministry alongside of one another. And I think, um, like Mike said earlier, it shows our kids that, Hey, there's other believers out there, you know, that are, that we're part of the, not only a local body, but the universal body. And so it's, I think it's huge to be able to show our kids that um, and to show them what, what that looks like. Yeah, man. I, yeah. Uh, I hadn't thought about it that much, but uh, I love how you highlighted the multi-site church because that sort of large group and regional collaboration is sort of built into the foundation of that model for the church. And they get to uh, come together from all different places, being part of the same local church and yet kind of spread out geographically. And I think the uh, last thing you highlighted with all of us being at different churches, one of the cool things to see is uh, Winter Chill is our retreat um, that we do. And 
uh, I think some of my students sort of started realizing, uh, hey, I go to school with him. I go to school with her, uh, but we don't go to the same church, but we go to the same school. And so that started giving us a really easy application of, hey, when you're at school together, you guys are representing all of our churches and you guys can do things together there as well um, that can uh, be a supplement to and in addition to what we do uh, formally all together with our church programming. Um, So that was a really cool thing to see how our students are already interweaved um, and yet they see one more example of how they can interact, not as competitors, but as the unified body of Christ. Um, Love it. Love it. Uh, So as I mentioned earlier, uh, this summer, this very unconventional and weird summer of COVID, uh, but this summer marks the seventh consecutive year uh, that our partnership has been together. We've had amazing experiences. Uh, We have also learned a lot through trial and error. Uh, Fellas, if you were at a youth ministry conference and the person next to you found out about our partnership and asked you about it, uh, what would you say about how it has benefited you, um, your ministry, and why they should think about maybe doing the same thing? Or maybe you think that everything's terrible and we should just disband immediately. That's fine too. (laughs) But uh, if you were describing this from scratch to someone and maybe why it would be good for them to have one as well, um, what would you say? And even what are some things that you think we've had to learn and that we've made mistakes, but we've learned how to to do it better? Uh, Mike, let's start with you, bro. Uh, Since you and I are the veterans here, um, what would you say? Yeah, I would say... um man, just the connection piece is so important for me. There's a lot of talk right now about self-care and soul care Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. pastors. And, um, you know, whether it's the one-on-one lunch times I've had with some of you guys or our, our planning of events together, um, just the encouragement through our text message thread and some of the idea sharing. Um, I will tell you where this started for me was with, uh, uh, pure it's it's a group called pure ymr and it's a group that was run by um, a friend of mine rod jones uh, he is now kind of transitioned over to pure pastoral care soul care for pastors in the dallas metroplex area and he's actually gone beyond uh, texas with this and uh, he does retreats for them but um, i was part of this pure ymr network group and it was a large group i remember he would book speakers. He'd have sponsors that would come in and bring lunch. And it was very encouraging, but it, it kind of ran its course a little quicker than I thought it would because um, even though he encouraged us to connect outside of that group, we weren't connecting within the group. So like when we would meet up and everyone's in the same room, uh, it was so programmed that it was hard to connect. So um, I knew I needed more than what was being offered there. I did connect with some of those guys one-on-one, but I think what this group provides for me, uh, a smaller network group where we can actually share life together. We can share ideas practically. Um, we can encourage each other, pray for each other. Uh, it's, it's just uh, a much more, um, I don't know if user-friendly is the right word here, but um, yeah. you know, it's more relational. And, and that's what we need, I think, more than anything is to those, like Joel just mentioned, he and I are in the trenches together with junior high and for us to be able to relate in a very practical, 
meaningful um, connection kind of a way uh, has been huge. And that's one of the things that I would definitely share if someone asked me about it, that connection piece, the relatable piece. So, Very cool. Very cool. Joel, how about you, man? If you were describing this for, to someone who hadn't heard about it, uh, what would you say about how it's benefited you, your ministry, and uh, why maybe they should start one? Yeah, Jeff. Um, man, I would, um, I would say it's it's an absolute must in any ministry. Um, I, I would say especially student ministry. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm just thinking about um, Proverbs 15:22. Uh, it says, "Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed." And um, yeah, every time I see y'all's name pop up on my phone because you know of our text thread. Um, not only does it bring a smile to my face, but it, I, I value what you guys have to say um, as brothers in Christ. Um, and it, I think it really, it's easy to be in an ecosystem um, of your church culture and your church people um, and have a, you know, a, a way of thinking and um, a process, a, a way to do things. And it's so helpful to have outside thinkers and outside people who love Jesus point you in the right direction um, give you a, maybe a different way of looking at things. Um, and even just, even just remind you that you're not in it alone. Um, like, like, like Mike was saying. So, uh, it, uh, it really, as a young guy in ministry, I just turned 24. Um, this is, well, like I told you guys, this is something that my supervisor recommended me to seek out. And in a way, the Lord dropped it in my lap a little bit, but I'm so thankful and I, I really do recommend that, that if you're in ministry, just go to other churches' websites. Look at people who do what you do and send them an email. Try to get them together at, at your church. Um, you know, provide lunch. Just do something that, that's accessible. Um, it really, it, uh, it, it's going to serve you and the people you're serving. It's going to serve the body that you're with. Um, so. Uh, highly recommend 10 out of 10, five stars, Amazon review, whatever you, whatever you have, you know, it's uh, I really do awesome. Recommend. Awesome. Uh, Taylor, how about you, man? How would you describe it? And how would you say it has benefited you uh, even in this short time? Yeah, for sure. I love um, what both Mike and Joel said, not to rehash too much of it, but I think they're absolutely right. Um, the The biggest part of, of our partnership that has helped me is, I mean, especially with COVID going on and, and being youth ministry looking different than it ever has. Um, I think it's been really easy to feel like you're failing or feel like, you know, the kids aren't hopping on the Zoom calls like I thought they would yeah. or stuff like that. Yeah. So it's always really cool to to have conversations with you guys and other youth pastors just to hear, you know, that we're not alone, you know, to be like, hey, no, youth ministry is hard right now. And like my ministry is hard right now, too. And so I think there's, there's a a camaraderie there. Um, and even to be able like to share the grace of God with one another in those situations has been really, really beneficial personally for me. Um, but then even on a more, maybe, maybe logistical practical side, like I think a great reason to do this is I know that when we pull off events, like our big, you know, winter chill, winter retreat, or the big games or something like that, that's something that, that me and Mike couldn't pull off to the same level you know, just us, you know, but when we all come together and we collaborate, you know, and share, you know, youth pastors usually have 10 really crappy ideas, you know, and two really good ones, but it's nice when we all have our two good ones, you know, and we can pull them all together uh, and create an event or in a, in an experience 
for kids that uh, that is better than anything that we could have done on our own. Um, I think that's a, a huge part of it. And so, yeah, like Joel said, 10 out of 10 would recommend it's a, having a, a, a group like this has been huge um, personally and, and in, in ministry. Uh, it's just been awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, I love the uh, collaboration of ideas because you're right. I come up with awful ideas um, and, you know, sort of uh, as some wise people have talked about and authors of, highlighting your strengths and making sure to use those um, and give your weaknesses to people who have them as strengths. We're able to kind of play off each other. And um, all of us at some point uh, have either run or been a part of um, big events or camps or retreats with just one church. And I think since all of us have that, and now uh, all of us have at least one, if not more, examples of these big events and retreats with multiple churches, but not even just we show up to one camp and the camp staff puts it on. We're the ones who are showing up and running everything. And it gives us a sense of ownership, but also probably a a refreshing uh, boost of creativity and motivation and wanting to tackle a challenge and know that we're doing it together and not individually. And uh, Taylor, I think just how you, how you kind of phrased it and even summing up of what Joel and Mike said, we are better together. And when you're actually doing things together, you can see that. And it's nice just to say as a cliche thing, but when you actually have the experience of doing it, that gives you more to tell and you can actually share your story instead of just giving a pros and cons list, right? Because, I mean, I saw it. Uh, and I, I heard it rather. And when the way you guys talked about it, when I asked you, what would you say and how would you describe it? You guys were telling stories. You guys were talking about how it personally affected you, not just, well, it's beneficial because I, you know, the stats say that this and this, it's actually part of your makeup and even how your philosophy on ministry grows because you can start to appreciate yeah, I have my way of doing things, but because I hadn't considered it this way because I'm not good at it or I just couldn't handle it. Now that we're all together, that's now in my in my scope and my scope is now broader and I'm better for it as a person, not just as a minister. Um, uh, uh, so before moving on to kind of the last part uh, with some fun memories, this next part might be some fun memories, but I wanted to kind of hit on um, things that we have learned through trial and error. And Mike, obviously you and I have a, a greater bank of that. Um, but uh, what is, what's maybe one thing that stands out or one time when, you're, when we had to work through a challenge or maybe it took a while for us to agree on something or something happened and we kind of had to scramble? Uh, anything that you guys can think about as, you know, even though it's all together, there's some fine tuning and there's always going to be some messy stuff because we're, because uh, when you have a relationship that's authentic and true, it's also messy. Um, and so maybe what's one thing that uh, didn't go so well at, at first, or we had to work through or get better at anything come to mind for any of you guys. So I'm thinking about our big games, um, man, obviously with all the, different winter chill retreat uh, collaboration events we've done. There's a lot of problem solving, troubleshooting uh, conversations that start in, you know, early to mid October 
and, and that event doesn't happen now till, you know, late January, February. And so, you know, obviously there are a lot of conversations and, um, you know, coming to the table. Uh, but I'm thinking about big games, uh, Jeff, in particular, the point system. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've, we've, over the years, we've gone back and forth over uh, how to tally those points, how to uh, make it so that our churches, because see, here's one of the challenges, right? Our, our churches, youth groups are not the same size. And, right. and so some of us are a little larger. Um, others are, are not, don't have as many. Some of us have more leaders. Others don't have as many leaders. And so how do we, how do we break that down and make sure that, that it, that it's an even playing field, if you will. So I think, man, just that as a small example of how we've had to um, troubleshoot so many different things and compromise, right? It's uh, it's one of those things where, uh, it's it's not at a theological level, even though we've had those conversations to the point where it's like, hey, is is this theologically sound? And we all come from different perspectives. But what's cool is whether it's points for our uh, big games and how we're going to make that a, a, an even playing field or how we're going to teach on a certain subject at our retreat. I feel like we've come to the table with grace and with uh, the willingness, if you will, uh, to be flexible and understanding come together as Ephesians four says with each other in an understanding way. And, um, and so that's, that's been super encouraging to me, but definitely stands out as one of the biggest challenges for us as a group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the points for sure. We've, we've had years where each, each, uh, game was worth 10 points We've had point systems that range in the millions. And I'm like, you, we can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because, you know, it's, it's, it's millions. That's just too much. Um, <laughs> We're not mathematicians. And, uh, yeah. And Mike, you, you brought up a really good point that I probably should have clarified at the very beginning. Uh, for those of you listening, thinking, you know, well, that church is too small. Our church is too big. Uh, I should have highlighted that our churches are very different uh, as far as makeup, size, all of that. Um, my youth group uh, is the smallest uh, during the last seven years. As far as active students participating in these events, I've ranged between 20 and 25. Uh, can each of you go through and give the about average number of active students that you've had over the years in, in your ministry? Uh, Mike, how about you, man? How many, how many junior high students do you think? Oh, yeah. So, you know, anywhere from... Uh, I think right now we're about 30 to 40 active students. Um, you know, years past, we've had as many as 50 to 70 mm-hmm. um, active students. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and then of course, including high school, uh, we've been upwards of 200 active students, junior high. And now we run sixth grade through 12th grade. So that makes a difference. Um, mm-hmm. But I'd say right now, actively junior high, sixth through 12th grade, probably have about 70 to 80 active students. Yeah. Yeah. Taylor, do you have a grasp on how many uh, high school students you guys are running right now? Yeah, we active, I'd say we, we probably settle out at about 25. Um, it's okay. funny. Some, some Sundays it can be 35, some Sundays it can be, you know, 20. So we settled sure. out at roughly 25. Cool. And Joel, how many you got running in your junior high ministry right now? 
We have about um, 100 students, sixth through eighth grade. Um, so, yep, that's my that's my my herd, my my sheep. Uh, and then with high school, probably around around 150 total. So, yeah, man. Um, yeah, yeah. So when we show up to these events, you know, some of us are rolling up like like me in a good old 15 passenger church van, and some of us are rolling up in big tour buses. So uh, even if your church is in the area, you think, well, I'm not sure we could do a partnership because our sizes are pretty different. Don't let that stop you. Uh, kind of hit the personal note, uh, like Joel talked about, you know, just hosting people, having them over for lunch and just talking about how you do ministry. Because even if your sizes are different, the root of your philosophy uh, is what you can discuss and talk about. And when you have something as foundational as that, then that can be applied to whatever group that you're working with. And uh, I think it's really cool for others to see, you know, we don't, you don't have to be a big church with a huge budget in order to enjoy yourself, have a, have a good time and have good events and have influence. You can be a small church and have just as much influence and just as much presence and creativity and things to bring to a group. Um, uh, Joel and to Taylor, uh, anything uh, from your this past school year that you uh, can think about of how we've had to work through something or maybe something that didn't quite work out and we had to try it again? Anything come to mind? Yeah, um, absolutely. This is uh, Joel here, and um, yeah, if you're if you're listening to this and and you're thinking about getting something started, uh, it is. I love this question because it is definitely worth noting. Um, all all the praise we gave it there. Um, there's going to be differences. And ultimately this puts you in a position uh, to be a learner, uh, to, to be humble in, w- in what you do. Um, and that is a good thing. It might not feel great, but that is ultimately a good thing. Um, and so, you know, we, we have had, I'll just, I'm thinking off the top of my head here. We had conversations about our, our theme. We talked about Mary Magdalene at winter chill and that that's basically just a retreat. We took all of our students to just a weekend thing. Um, at a camp here in Texas, um, and Mary Magdalene following that character was a theme. We talked about how to dive into it, how to discuss it. Uh, we've even talked about, you know, women's roles in ministry and, you know, and, and had great conversations, even some disagreements on things like that. Um, and that is okay. Um, and so <laughs> don't freak out if that, if that starts happening when you, when you try to get other churches together. The, the, the thing is you, you got to keep the main thing, the main thing. And that is, that's Jesus in, in, in our, our retreat our, our going to that camp with our students. People came to know the Lord for the first time. People grew in their relationship with Jesus. People um, confess. Um, I mean, th- there, there was growth and, and it was, it was impactful. It was huge. Um, and that, that's why we do what we do. Um, and so uh, it, it, you know, it, we'd be silly to say um, that everything's, you know, always nice and merry and jolly. Um, but, uh, but it, it is, it's for a greater purpose. And, and, uh, you know, and a lot of times we do have a lot of fun too. So it's just, uh, it's a bonus as well. Whenever things click and um, things do work out and we're able to, you know, do the trial and error and get to something that we can agree on. Yeah. Love it, man. Well, well said, well said. Taylor, how about you, man? You have anything that comes to mind as far as something that was hard to work through or something that didn't go how it was planned the first time through? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I've only been around, you haven't been around for very long. And so no really super specific example comes to mind. Um, but I do remember when we, we sat down to evaluate winter chill after it was over and talked about, um, 
just every, every facet of it and just to see, you know, what we could do better next year, what worked, what didn't, what do we need to tweak? Um, I remember, you know, sitting down and there were some things where somebody would be like, Oh, I th- thought that went really well. And then the next guy would be like, actually, I don't know if that worked really well. Um, and so like, kind of like Joel said, it would be easy for us, you know, in those moments to kind of get defensive and bow up a little bit and be like, no, I'm right. You know, it did work well. Um, but knowing that, like, I think having the foundation and knowing that we're all on the same team and we all want the same thing allows us to go into those differences and disagreements and conversations in a way of, Oh, they're saying this because they want the best for all of our kids, you know, not to, not, you know, they don't, they don't want their opinion to be heard. They don't want the best for them, but we're all on the same team. So we want the best for the same people. So even having some small disagreements there and even like stuff as small as evaluating, um, having the grace to have those conversations and realizing that the main thing is the main thing allows us to enter those well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that because uh, we tend to think all the pressure and buildup and maybe disagreement and messiness happens in the buildup to the event. But once the event happens then everything's all good, but uh, you know, each of us has a different perspective and, how things are viewed. And when we try to start viewing it with not just our students, like you said, but all the students, we say, well, yeah, this worked well for this group, but for that group, maybe it didn't quite connect. So how can we make it connect to both groups next time? Right. And so um, I think uh, the thing that's going to come up when you first join into this is you have to check your ego. Um, You have to be able to realize that even with all of your personal experience that you have, um, a, a very uh, wise mentor told me that you have to always assume that you're the least smartest person in the room. Um, and you need to be able to listen to people well, uh, not just hear them and wait for them to stop talking so you can give your input. That's kind of how our social media interaction is built these days. Um, but actually being able to listen, uh, which means to purposefully take into consideration what's being heard, right? It's not just hearing sounds. It's actually thinking about it and considering it, right? Um, And I think each of us could probably say that um, one of the reasons that we're better for all this collaboration is because now we can think of things from the perspective of someone with a different size youth group, with different students, with different backgrounds. And now we can appreciate maybe how if those students come to our youth group, Now we have more diverse things in our tool bag to where we can make our own student ministries more diverse and more broad to be able to um, accommodate them and not just the small group that we've built everything around. Uh, So let's end with uh, some fun things or some, some funny things. Is there a, is there a fun memory, uh, a funny thing that stands out uh, from any of our events that you guys can uh, talk about or think of? Uh, Taylor or uh, Joel, let's start with you guys. What do you think? Yeah, man, um, absolutely. I'm I'm thinking about um, <laughs> I'm thinking about um, yeah. The, well, this partnership, you know, it's been this past year, so really, uh, we've had that. You know, a lot of prep and time was put toward that event we keep talking about, which is Winter Chill. And I remember uh, during kind of free time seeing Mike. <laughs> Like, man, I don't know what you were doing, but, uh, like he was riding around this beach cruiser, this bike, this old bike, that was super rusty. It had like one of those, you know, like nice wide fat seats, yeah. you know, for like someone who's maybe not as athletic and he's just, 
he's just like riding around, like chopping it up. He's like, hey, you know, just it was it was really funny. I'm like, Mike, like you're making your rounds. He's like, yeah, I'm actually looking for a lost student. So let me know if you see this girl wearing a red T-shirt or something. Oh, my God. And, and like the, it, it was just so funny. Like you wouldn't you'd never know that like he's on the hunt, you know, looking for someone. Um, and cause he's just having, he's just, he's just doing what he knows how to do best. He's, he's with students. He's having fun. He's making people feel connected. Um, and at the same time, he's, he's, he's playing that shepherd role, you know, and going after that lost sheep. So, um, Mike, man, that was, it was really fun. It's really great to see everyone in action. Uh, a lot, a lot of fun memories have been made. Yeah. Cool. Taylor, you have anything that comes to mind that stands out as great or meaningful or hilarious or all the above anything? I, I have the exact story and it's when Jeff, you and me were hosting the talent show. Oh. And so we, we oh hosted gosh. this talent show after worship and uh, like had a, like 20 students perform different acts and sing and all that stuff. And me and Jeff were, were hosting in between each act so kids could get ready. And somehow it came up that you, you knew all the words to like some song from Tarzan mm-hmm. trash in the but camp. It, yep. But yep. Yeah, it was trash in the camp, but it wasn't the Tarzan version. It was the NSYNC version. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> and so, and we were, it was just funny cause we were talking about it and we were like, Oh yeah, it's really funny. And then our tech guy found it and he started playing it. And I just lost it on stage <laughs> because I knew that wasn't planned. But like at that moment, it was one of those moments where something happens to you and you can't get out of it. Like you're in and yeah. man, you just owned it and you just sang it and you crushed it. <laughs> and the kids went wild. It was awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My uh, heart and stomach sank when that track <laughs> came on. I'm like, Please. No. Oh, it was all uh, your whole life had been building up to that moment. And it was great. <laughs> that's right. That's right. If, if nothing I else happens in my ministry, at least that happened. And uh, <laughs> people can use that as blackmail or whatever else they want in the future. Yeah, Taylor, thank you for uh, recollecting that for everyone. Uh, if anyone wants to see any dance moves, I also do Britney Spears. So throw that in with NSYNC in my repertoire. Uh, but uh, Mike, you have any uh, fun or good memories that you can think about from our partnership over the years? Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, one of my favorite things is getting to meet the different uh, uh, volunteer youth leaders uh, from the different churches and getting to know them. And man, that came full circle for last year's winter chill retreat. Um, we invited a volunteer from each of our churches to share their testimony. And so getting to sit in on those recordings and I actually uh, played a role in editing those before they, uh, they went to final cut and um, just getting to hear uh, their heart for the Lord and their heart for students was just so encouraging, man. So, man, that, that is definitely one of the highlights was, was getting to be involved in that whole project for sure. Yeah, that was really cool uh, because usually when we have that kind of input, we've talked about, it's just the leaders that get to see that. Um, but the students got to hear the testimonies and so did we for the first time and how it related to uh, the subject of, uh, you know, looking at our faith as a duty instead of a delight and as a chore instead of an enjoyment. And uh, yeah, that was really cool. That was really powerful. Yeah. Um, how about you, man? Any, any memories for you? You've been in this thing for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, I have 
two, and I think I can share them briefly. The first one can be summed up in one word, octopus. Oh, uh, we have done several events, recreational events using octopus. Now, of course, the octopi were dead. We got them from Whole Foods or Central Market or whatever. Uh, but the first event we did was at a big games here at our church. And we played four team ultimate Frisbee with mini octopi. Um, and uh, it was a diamond and the corner of each diamond was had a had a goalie standing there to try and catch it. And we had teams in the middle and we were flinging around these octopi uh, like a Frisbee and it was mayhem. And uh, the next winter chill we did, we had full size octopi and we use it like a like a Highland Games with with, with Scottish people who like throw those big uh, telephone poles and stuff. So we had a shot put with the octopus. We had like a heave ho relay where you had to fling it to your teammate down a line. If you dropped it, it had to go back to the beginning. And the very last part was uh, you had to try and pull apart the octopus as fast as you could. So everyone uh, grabbed the tentacle and pulled. That one was not PETA approved whatsoever. Um, But yeah, that one was uh, definitely youth ministry esque if anything else that I've ever done. Um, but I was going to bring up uh, the first big games we did. We had a youth pastor competition at the end. So Dan from Community Bible, Seth from Dallas, uh, Dallas Bible, Mike, you from Fellowship, and me for Trinity Fellowship. Uh, we were surrounded by our students in the youth room, and we had to spin around on a bat a few times, toss some balls into a bucket, and then grab a frozen T-shirt that was balled up try and thaw it out, warm it up enough to unroll it and put on the shirt. So there are four of us, but for some reason, whoever was in charge of the t-shirts, Mike, for some reason, I think that was you, you had five t-shirts in there. So in the fight to try and get a t-shirt, I'm the last one to get my hands in there. Uh And the two shirts at the bottom were frozen together and they were not coming apart. So while you guys were all trying to put your shirt on, I grabbed one of those metal baseball bats and I was just slamming those shirts as hard as I could. I was having students help me try and pull it apart like a, like a tug of war. And I don't think we ever got them unstuck. And so I was just stuck trying to bash some frozen t-shirts while we watched Dan from community Bible, uh, gain the victory. Yeah. Um, sounds rigged. It definitely so, sounds rigged to me. Yeah, for sure. I'm not sure how that came about, but I'm sure there's some kind of conspiracy there. And we definitely had to make sure the kids washed their hands because everyone smelled super fishy from those octopi. Um, Yeah, but uh, lots to share, man. Uh, If we could talk about all our fun memories, we'd be here for a long time. But gentlemen, thanks again for joining me today. I hope to have you guys back on in the future. Uh, both as a group and even individually as uh, we continue talking about important things for youth ministers, parents, and volunteers to know while working with teenagers. And looking forward to more joint ministry with you in this partnership. Thanks, fellas. See you, Jeff. Jeff. Have a good one, man. That concludes today's episode of Youth Ministry Maverick. Thanks to Mike, Taylor, and Joel for joining me today. Cameron, we will get you on next time, buddy. If you haven't already, I encourage you to like and subscribe to this podcast on Spotify or Podbean, and it will be coming soon to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and a few others. 
Uh, Please share this podcast with anyone who is doing ministry and is thinking about collaborating, and hopefully it will benefit them as well as benefiting you in your own ministry. Until next time, adios. Adios.